Live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. Josh Jacobs likes to go airborne, gets a handoff, runs him easy, jackpot baby, Josh Jacobs runs it in for the Raiders. Mariota with Jacobs alongside him, keeps it, Mariota, jackpot baby, Marcus Mariota takes it home for the Ninth Island, Attaway on its way, yes, the Raiders come up a winner. Upsetting the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving afternoon, 36-33. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Raiders get the job done on Thanksgiving. You heard it. Brent on the call. Willie's here. It's Cofield here is Twin Peaks. We're getting ready for Monday Night Football. You get a look as a Raiders fan at the football team, watching the football team taking on Seattle. Short week for a football team after this one to prep for the Raiders. We'll get into that in just a couple minutes. Big Five is on the way. We're going to talk to Arash, our buddy, uh, dean of L.A. media people, uh, self-proclaimed king of Vegas. We play along with it. Why not, right? Uh, he's on the Mighty 1090. He's going to tell us about what just went down with the Lincoln Riley introduction to the USC community as Southern Cal is a new football coach in Lincoln Riley. Big five time. Battled Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Four. Number five. Oh, Willie. Oh, Ari. With the elaborate setup a couple minutes ago to uh, play back our quick discussion last week in Ohio State and Michigan, Willie was right. I was wrong. I don't mind saying I'm wrong, especially when I'm really wrong. You know what? I really thought what Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, was doing by meddling so much last season was going to turn off a lot of players, but I stand corrected. I guess if you throw enough money at players, they're like, yeah, we'll give New York a try. Maybe we don't hear great things about this Steve Cohen, but at least he's trying. So I'll pat the guy on the back for that. Max Scherzer in the fold, three years, $130 million. Friday, they got three different players led by Starling Marte. This is good for Mets fans. I think it's good for baseball. My guess is that Bud Selig is rolling over in his grave right now. It's a joke. He's still alive. Um, I don't believe that most baseball owners want Steve Cohen's and you know, like the Dodgers ownership group and the Rangers. They they don't love to see other owners spending a lot of money, but they got the money. They want to make money, spend it on the players. Good for the Mets. Yeah, how do the Nationals feel about that? That's going to be an interesting dynamic but here's the deal um well can i can i go back to the nationals yeah spend the money these guys are all billionaires so every one of their franchises has appreciated in value what are you doing with all the money how much money do you need spend it on your hobby which is still making you money baseball then simply keep max scherzer and by the way you remember the whole talk around scherzer going to the dodgers it was a rental no one was guaranteed to get Max Scherzer, so spend $131 million if you're the Nats on Max Scherzer to bring him back. They didn't do it. What's it say about Max Scherzer? Is there anything bad to say? Not really, but I mean... I mean, he didn't win a title with the Dodgers. If he had gone back, I think they have a great chance to win a title. He's taken a bit of a risk going to the Mets. I have a feeling I know how this is going to end, sadly, is that for the first time, you know, Max Scherzer, who's been a rock and almost never gets hurt, 
well, he's a thousand years old. The Mets just bought a guy for $43 million a year who naturally, you know, there's a chance that he's going to get hurt. I hope he stays healthy all three years. He's a, he's great for baseball too. He is. It's just 37. And you know, is he, is he overdue? Is for Right. Does it finally happen? The arm yeah. injury when you throw as hard as he does. Right. But for the Mets, Hey, he's one of the best pitchers on the market. You know, you didn't do what, what I, what I don't like. And I like it for the guys in baseball who get these deals. But what I don't like is teams trying to do these 10-year deals and seven-year deals. I don't think that's how you build a great organization. So, like, congrats to the Rangers. They're actually making an effort. They've been horrendous in developing players from within. So now they just spent on Marcus Semien and Corey Seager. They steal him for the Dodgers. Upwards of 17 years combined. I don't believe in the long run that's the best way to build a team, but you got to start somewhere, right? If to each its own, I, I don't think that Max, I mean, I think it's a great get, but I don't think that it's the answer, the end all, the be all. It's they still got work oh, to start. And the other reality maybe, is maybe it'll draw people. The other reality is with both the Mets and the Rangers, when players look at those two organizations, you know, for the most part recently, they're like, you don't win. Okay, here's more money. Okay, that makes me feel better. At least if I'm not going to win, I just broke the bank. Who's the bigger loss for the Dodgers, Scherzer or Seager? Scherzer. Seager so. just hasn't played enough. I think. So. And I, I, I mean, I in the end, I think Scherzer, uh, Seager will be, you know, consistently a top six shortstop in baseball for the next five years. But the hammer pitcher who can go out there and still throw seven, eight, nine innings and makes his 36 starts. Yeah. Those guys are almost impossible to find. You saw it. They thought they had one and. And unfortunately, Kershaw couldn't pitch until, you know, be real effective into his mid-30s. He's still, you know, relatively young in his in his early 30s. All right, top four. Number four. God, I don't know why I'm so happy to see Oklahoma fans so miserable. I think a lot of it, it got to me last night when I saw one thread where the Oklahoma fans were crapping all over Lincoln Riley. Um, so there's a couple of things happening now. So Lincoln Riley goes from Oklahoma to USC, turns the uh, college football world on its ear. Now you got Oklahoma trying to make a run at some big name targets. I just saw God, I love when we get all schmaltzy. Something called Parker Thune up on Twitter says, Lincoln Riley looked a lot of recruits in the eye this past year and told him he wasn't going anywhere. That he was a Sooners head coach for the long haul. Those kids that took him at his word are hurting today. Some I spoke to were in tears. This sucks for most of them. It does. But from the Oklahoma community, loyalty and caring about the kids wait now it matters wasn't it like five weeks ago that the friggin heisman favorites was getting booed off the field oh now we care about the kids oh is that the way it works by the way spencer rattler also in the transfer portal the sooners quarterback of the future from southern california 2023 kid he's gone as well and we'll see if caleb williams says i'm out of here what do i care I came here to play for Lincoln Riley. I'm from D.C. What does it matter if I'm at Oklahoma or SC? So I hope he goes next. Come on, Caleb. So earlier I did a little research on quarterbacks in the Pac-12. A lot of young guys, a lot of depth charts that, that are fully young guys. But, That's actually another good point but, with SC. He doesn't necessarily need anyone to transfer, and he's got some good guys to work with. I know, but I want to say it was ASU has two One's a freshman, one's a sophomore. Both are freshmen. He's from Phoenix, Rattler. Could you see him going to Arizona or ASU? Arizona needed a jolt with the offense. But ASU, I mean, could you see him going to the Pac-12? 
sticking it to maybe Lincoln a little bit. Or maybe Washington with the. Could he go to UCLA? To, is he going to back up Dorian? Because I don't know if Dorian's hard shipping. Oh, that's a good question. Would you go to Would you go to Arizona right now? I mean, to me, Spencer I would Rattler go to Arizona. Is, Spencer Rattler is going to land at a top ten program that needs a quarterback, top fifteen program. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. That would be. There's an interesting topic right there. I have not talked to uh, Dorian's mom, but <laughs> excuse me. And I know that they're hoping that they end up in the Las Vegas Bowl, but with the season that Dorian just had, it wouldn't shock me to see him come out. I believe he can play one more year. If I'm not mistaken, he can pull the COVID year. I, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, but if he were to go, Chip Kelly could most certainly snap him up. And boy, would that be a game. UCLA versus USC. I mean, we got to see where people land. Yeah. Right? Obviously. I just don't know what Dorian's plans are. I don't think that Spencer Rattler is going to get in the transfer portal and play backup to Dorian Thompson Robinson. I don't think he's going to come in and take his job. There's no way he's going to take his job. But to, to, if he's going to play backup for one more year, I think he wants to go somewhere where he's going to start. Number three. Football season kind of swallows up everything else, but there was a lot of basketball here this last week or so. So, your final verdict, what do you think? I can't wait for the NC2A to bring a regional final to T-Mobile, and I can't wait for them to bring the Final Four to Allegiant Stadium. Those places were... Now, other than the Monday game, Gonzaga-CMU, that was it. But Gonzaga-UCLA, I was watching that stream. I was at the Maui uh, semis. I was at Gonzaga-Duke. Steve, the electricity in that arena for Gonzaga-Duke was something I have not seen since UNLV had maybe Longyear, but maybe even further back than that. It was intense. It was wild. It was pro-Duke. But when the second half of that game started and local Julian Strother started hitting shots, the Gonzaga crowd was just as loud, even though they didn't have as many. It was fantastic in this town. Fantastic. Did we see the rearing of an ugly head? I'm misstating that, but did we see something come back from Gonzaga at the end of last year? Did it reemerge against Duke, where Duke had a lot of power? Dudes who were on the verge of being men, you know, at 230 to 250 pounds at the five and four spot. While, what did I tell you a couple weeks ago, man? I see Drew Timmy from Gonzaga uh, flexing his muscle, you know, and in the early games of the season, like, bruh. You don't get to a race getting pushed around by Baylor last year by going and beating up on 6'6 weaklings. Like, you got to do it against other bigs. Right. And those guys for Duke were dominant. They were very dominant. And I will tell you right Big now, and strong. Duke, from for all that it's worth, is the best team in the country. They, they were ranked five going in there, but they're the best team in Wanna the country. Want to make a bet right now? Final... Final four. Nope. You know what? I'll even give you Elite Eight. They won't make the Elite Eight. Duke? Yeah. What do you want to bet? Dinner? Oh, we'll come up with something, yeah. Pot, okay. Dinner's well. safest because I never no. remember the money amount. We will have – we will bet that Duke will be in the Elite Eight. You yep. said Elite Eight. Yeah. Okay. Duke will be in the Elite Eight, and if they're not, I'll buy. If they are, you'll buy, and we'll go to Romadella. We'll pick a place. All right. I was going to be like, home-cooked meal. Who loses that one? 
I cook for Willie or he cooks for me. I, I, I want to lose the bet with what I see this guy cooking at home. Let me tell you something. That, that, that team is that. Paulo uh, Banchero, Wendell Moore, Mark Williams. Mark Williams is a beast. Oh, my goodness. That team is for real. And you're right. It was a, it was a reminder to them in the first half of that bail, of the championship against Baylor because Baylor just went in and manhandled them and punched them and punched the bully in the mouth, which Gonzaga is not really a bully. But um, I was impressed with the, with, the, uh, with the way that Gonzaga hung around in the first half enough to where they kept they kept it within arm's length and then took the lead in the second half much in part to liberty grad julian strother point blank he willed that team back into uh back into it what did uh what did coach k say about strother oh we should have that's a soundbite i should have had him take uh he's talking to us he, he just the one thing he kept reiterating he's looking at us and he said just there, there's just so much talent out there. He said that was a college basketball. That was a big time college basketball. And then he stopped. He stopped. He looked at the score sheet because you know how they set up the dais. Sure. He goes and the kid Strother is that how you say it? Strother the kid. And then it was the look on his face and the the, the mannerism and the facial just big time. He's a key for them. That I mean, we thought he was good. He was better. So when I left there, I I'm texting Lee who was just on the verge of tears, uh, Julian's dad, I was like, dude, it's it's one thing with the with, – because he texted me, he said, quite a compliment from Coach K because I tweeted it, and everybody else started tweeting it. I said, forget the comments. I'm going to find the video and get it to you tomorrow. It's the facial expressions of Coach K. He was imp- – it was genuine. He wasn't just – it wasn't lip service. He was really genuine. Number two. Going back to Thursday, a lot of complaining about the officiating in general in yeah. the Cowboys-Raiders game. Did you think the Cowboys got a raw deal? I mean, from the owner to the fans, a lot of people around the Cowboys were like, we got screwed. There were a lot of penalties. I mean, they were calling some things. I mean, I, I'm not going to pinpoint one or two, and I'm not going to put it off because I'm always one that says, you know, if it, if it comes down to officials, if it comes down to certain calls, don't put yourself in a position to be called for those things. But there were some egregious – I mean, there it just it just seemed like – The PIs changed the entire complexion of the game. Yeah. You know, especially when there's that many, and you want to use the line, or you want me to use it. That uh, 38 and a half million people tuned in to watch the Sean Hockley. Yeah, I saw that about 500 times on social media. Yeah, yeah. The rate. I mean, the the referees definitely they they made their presence known in that one. I'm not going to say that. You know, I'm not going to say that the Cowboys lost or the Raiders won because of the officials, but the officiating didn't help. You go out, you play your game, you win. Period. You know, um, I think Adam brought this up a week or two ago, and he said, you know, when it comes down to that last at the end, and you don't want the refs to cook, but they but they can change a game if it's the last if it's the last play and it comes down to it. No, there was an entire fifty nine minutes that led up to that, but a ref can change a game when it comes down to that last play. Yes, in this one, they pretty much were involved for the most part. Number one. Coming up, number one, we'll find out what we learned in the Thanksgiving victory for the Raiders over the Cowboys. But first, giveaway 364-1100, caller 7364-1100. All week long, we're giving away uh, gift cards, Amazon gift cards, $50 Amazon gift cards. If you win one of those, you qualify for the grand prize. This is all courtesy of Silver 7s at Flamingo and Paradise. Grand prize, 200 bucks in spending money and two tickets to the season finale at the Al between the Raiders 
and the Chargers. You call in right now. You're a qualifier, and then uh, you'll be present on Thursday when we do our Silver Sevens Thursday night football show. We'll give away the tickets to the Raiders and Chargers and the 200 bucks in uh, spending money at halftime, at halftime of the Thursday night football game. But right now, you can qualify on Cofield & Company. Also, listen to the rest of the LV Sports Network and other shows are qualifying you as uh, well for the Silver Sevens prize pack. Three, six, four, eleven hundred. It's the Big Five at Four. Brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 570-9000. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. It's Cofield and Company. Willie nailed it in one of the games of the year. Ohio State does not beat Michigan. Raiders did beat Dallas. I had the Raiders on Thanksgiving, so I was happy about that. We learned what from the game. Willie, what were the biggest takeaways from the victory? We learned that the offense is not as dead as we thought. We learned that Derek Carr is still uh, lethal, 20-plus. We learned that Deshaun Jackson is going to be a part of this offense. Can I go back to Carr for one second? Sure. What changed? Just that Deshaun Jackson has been there a couple of weeks. What changed for Carr? Better pass protection? I don't. Lousier defense he was facing? Somewhere... Something clicks with this guy, and it, it's. I think it's inner. I think it's. It's. I think it's up here. I think it's his. His. It's in his head because I don't see much. Like I don't see much improvement. I think the offensive line is still the offensive line. It's. It's going to make mistakes. It's going to have its penalties. I don't think that it's improved. I think it's still growing and learning. And we're ten weeks in. Whatever we are, twelve weeks in. Um, I just think it's more car. I think he gets in his own head. I think he believes – I first of all, we know damn well that he reads what's written about him. We know that he's on social media. We, we know that because he addresses it subliminally in his press conferences. And I just believe that he psychs himself in or out of games. And I, I don't think that anything changed around him. I think it's him. And I think that he was pressed. He was up against it. And I think that he – they had a must-win attitude, and he had to perform. And, and you know, the move that Deshaun Jackson made on that opening drive, I mean, that sort of lights things and, and, and ignites the offense, if you will, um, and, and bolsters that confidence level in, in Carr as the game progresses. And we've seen it before. We heard it, right, from Joey Bosa. We've heard it from different defenders that when Carr gets down or when he gets hit or when he throws a pick or with this, other people have said it too. He gets in his own head. And so I think that the better that his teammates play and respond, the better he becomes. The worse things happen around him, he just that's one thing that he doesn't have is that knack for picking everybody else up around him. Ice cold 29 degree beer for under $4 and cheap appetizers all game long. Get down here to Twin Peaks. Yes, it's the biggest college football hire since Nick Saban. You get to sit with college coaches and you talk with them and you get, you could sometimes walk out and you go, that dude's different. 
Lincoln Riley. The first time I sat down and talked with him, I said, that guy's different. Live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. Holidays are here, hell of a gift provided by the USC AD for uh, Trojan fans. Shocker, foremost, kept it quiet. Lincoln Riley intro today as a Southern Cal coach. Arash is a USC guy. He's a Southern Cal guy. He's a Vegas guy. He's a Calabasas guy. He's a Manhattan Beach guy. All about LA, Mighty 1090. Arash, what's up, buddy? Not much. A beautiful day here in Los Angeles. So tell us, what is the vibe around this? This is a gigantic deal, especially for a program that needed to hit a freaking home run on so many levels. Yeah, I mean, Steve, like, as you know, I mean, this is a packed sports town. We have two teams in all the major sports. But when USC is right, USC is the third most popular team. It's the Lakers, the Dodgers, and USC football. And quite frankly, since Clay Helton has been the coach, fans have left in droves. They've, they've become really just so upset. Like, towards the end of Clay Helton's time, the reason that they had to make the move that they did, no one was showing up to games. I mean, the Coliseum, I had never seen it, like, half empty. Again, during the pandemic, there were no fans. Post-pandemic this past season, half empty. And the BYU game, which was Saturday, not only was half empty, half the fans were BYU fans. I've never seen it like that. So you're right. They needed to make a home run higher. But, but... Kofi, I mean, this is a grand slam. Like, I didn't think this was even a possibility. How do you think this came together? Well, they made it seem today at the press conference, and I'm just leaving the Coliseum right now. I mean, they made it seem like this came together within, like, 12 hours. I find that hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that Lincoln Riley decided to change the course of his entire career, like, over one Zoom call. I'm, I'm sure they've been having back-channel conversations for quite some time. But and we don't know the numbers yet. But, Steve, I'd be shocked if this, if this is not a... Uh, kind of like a you know a 10-year 100 million dollar type of a deal here i mean you're talking about one of the biggest hires in college football history i mean this is a guy 38 years old could have had like any job he wanted he left oklahoma to come to usc usc had to do this they spent 315 million dollars refurbishing the coliseum luxury suites load boxes club seats it was totally empty. No one was coming again. They had to make this move. So we don't know the contract terms yet. Would be shocked if it's not around 10 mil per year. I think it's higher. My guess is, and I have no idea yeah. what all the details are on, like, Belichick's deal. And, frankly, Belichick should be making, like, $50 million a year. Crap, those them. Um, or what Saban's deal is. But why, why you could easily justify $15 million a year. And you bring up a brilliant point. I was thinking of that. You know, because I saw you tweeting out pictures game after game. You're like, there is no one here. Like, they just refurbished this this stadium. They got to get people out there. Now, the next thing is the vibe. Because in California now, uh, this should end some of the nonsense, a lot of the nonsense with Southern California kids leaving to go to freaking Oregon. But even worse, go to Oklahoma or G-Damn Clemson. Bama's going to get their guys. But, like, now you've got a guy in place. USC should be on the top of the list for every star in the football world in Southern California. That was-
was, I thought, the biggest indictment of Clay Helton. The fact that there was a couple of years there, he finished last place in the Pac-12 when it came to recruiting. You talk about finishing behind Spokane, finishing behind Corvallis, like, like not even in the top 65. I mean, that is an absolute joke. At the very least, like, Paul Hackett recruited at USC. You, you, you got to be at that race. I mean, there's a lot of kids, top five recruits, five-star recruits from Los Angeles uh, who were, like, prepared to leave and join Lincoln Riley. They have obviously decommitted, and much yep. like a lot of his coaches, they are coming now to USC. And I'm also guessing this is going to raise the standards for everyone else in the conference. So it's not only a big thing for USC, it's massive for respect to uh, West Coast football and the rest of the Pac-12. Listen, there's going to be some programs that just are never going to spend all the money they're getting from the TV deal. But everyone else is now on call. Like You better step up your freaking game. 100%. But I really think the, the conference is when USC football does what they just did. You cannot have USC football with Clay Helton. You cannot have USC football being a 500 or a below 500 team. Not all the Pac-12 teams can do what USC just did. I've, I've said this time and time again. When it comes to voting, when it comes to Heisman Trophy votes, so, you know, college football playoff, USC is just different. They got the history. They got that thing. People are familiar with USC. And Lincoln Riley sees that. This is a sleeping giant for the past 10 years. You know, they, they haven't done a thing. Since Pete Carroll left in 2009, they've won the conference just one time. That is going to change. And he sees the pathway towards consistent success here. You, uh, you guys have a crazy day going on right now in Southern California because they're introing Lincoln Riley. By the way, before we move off of Riley, what, what was the setting today? Where did they they set up at the Coliseum? I saw some good pictures up on uh, Twitter with you know from uh, Greg Beecham. There was a picture with the Hollywood sign in the background. So what was the setting today? Yeah, so they did it at the Coliseum. They did it at Club 1923, which is when the Coliseum uh, first opened. So, again, that's one of those premium club venues that they have at the Coliseum that, quite frankly, Steve, I was just at the game Saturday against BYU. Nobody's there. So oh, at boy. least they used it for the press conference. Beautiful setting, right? Picturesque day at the Coliseum. You got the Hollywood sign in the backdrop downtown Los Angeles. You got the song girls. You got the Trojan band. And by the way, I mean, Lincoln Riley looked at that view a handful of times, and he just smiled. I mean, no knock on Oklahoma, but, like, this is not Oklahoma. I mean, you are in Los Angeles now. Yeah, it's a knock on Oklahoma. Screw Norman. Um, all right, so <laughs> Dodgers, Dodgers lose some players, big ones. Uh, you know, Corey Seager, who is expected to be around, is one of those future guys, but he walks, and I think they kind of walked on him. And then Scherzer goes bye-bye to the Mets. Should Dodger fans be concerned, or the Dodgers going to go out and collect that next level of free agent to fill in the gaps, and they'll be fine? With the Dodgers, like, I'm never concerned because they're going to replace these guys. But these were the two players that I said they're probably going to lose just because of what they're going to get. And both of them got the blockbuster deals I thought that they probably would get. Obviously, it hurts to lose Seager. Kind of happy he's going to Texas, though. I mean, I mean, no matter whatever happens from now to, you know, history, 
Corey Seager's performance oh. in the World Series, like in Texas, was fantastic. But those, these were the two guys, Steve, I thought that they would probably lose. How do you feel about Kershaw? I do think he returns. I do think that, that, that not only does he come back on a you know, one- to two-year deal, I do think that they have a long-term plan for him here, whether he's a special advisor to the president. So, I mean, they want their, their vision for Kershaw, and I hope this doesn't change. But the last thing I was told on Kershaw is that they have a long-term plan for him. I mean, they want him to be with the franchise forever, like Koufax is. I mean, he is a Dodger for life. So just to take people behind the scenes, you know, we talked to Arash every once in a while on the air, but we talked to him a lot more off the air, and he's good buddies, even though they're arch enemies, uh, he and Adam Hill. But I'll reach out to Arash every once in a while for uh, info and advice on L.A. And I went to SoFi a couple of weeks ago to a game, which, by the way, that stadium is outrageous how cool it is. But I was asking you, like, what's around the stadium? Because I really hadn't been in that neighborhood before. Boy, that's an interesting neighborhood that SoFi is in. I got to tell you, because I'm a cheese ball and a cheap ass, the thing I was most happy about was the liquor store across the street. I mean, Arash, they really, you know, I don't want to see Inglewood get completely gentrified and, you know, residents there get pushed out, but they really do have to kind of develop the rest of the area around there um, to kind of complete the football experience for fans. 100%, Steve. I mean, it, it is when you go there and you experience it, they shoehorned in SoFi Stadium, like into a neighborhood where they did not have a lot going on. And so, again, there are strip malls, there's Chinese restaurants. I mean, there's places that no one went to for a decade. Like when the Lakers and Kings left the forum, there was nothing around there. And now they are sitting on a gold mine, these people. So they haven't sold yet, they will sell. My guess is that that whole, by the time the Clippers move there, it will be totally different. You're, you're 100% right, Steve. There's a lot of places there. You're like, how is this across the street from a $5 billion pro football stadium? I got a kick out of it. I got, I got a kick out of it. But the, I'll just tell you, the stadium, and you know this, you've been there. The stadium itself, it's not, I don't know that it's better. It's just different than Raider Stadium. Raider, the the Al feels like almost like a giant basketball arena because it's stacked up high. So far, the enormity of the place and then the scenery, the fact that you can actually see outside, it's just, it's different. But they did a spectacular job. It's a really cool stadium. And I, I won't even get into the, it, it's awe-inspiring looking at the screen that goes like 110 yards across the field. That screen is unbelievable. Well, that's what I keep telling people, that it is so unique. I think with Allegiant Stadium, it's fantastic, but I think I can compare it to some other places. So far, there's no screen like that. There's no roof like that. There's no stadium like that. And by the way, they spent $5 billion on the thing. So, I mean, like, if I'm going to say I like SoFi a little bit more, they spent twice as much on the place. Yes. All right, Arash, be careful. We appreciate the coverage today and uh, instant reaction on Lincoln Rally. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, Rosh, it was nice oh, no. talking to you, buddy. Great catching up. Uh-oh. Thanks, Willie. Love you. All right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you could have jumped in. I got on a roll. You can jump in. Oh, no, your son's going to go just like uh, Kareem Bunt yeah. Sr. Well, he's, your oh, son's he's, going he, right he, to the yeah, web. Why didn't Willie get the answer any, or ask any questions? Yeah. Yeah. This is equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of interviews where I sit out. You know, if you, it's your expertise, like, uh, you know, Willie's going to take oh, it Are now. you ready with this? I was thinking about it. I was, I was waiting. I was thinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
the thing. <laughs> oh, you want the humming music? You're uh, you're uh, you're asking for a bite now. Oh, there it is. Is that why you didn't jump in? You you got you kind of brain locked. I was pondering. Brain freeze. You're pondering what? What to ask Arash? And no. Every time I thought of something, you. I jumped in front. Yeah, I'm very fired up. <laughs> you are, especially against well, the Oklahoma. Fans. Well, because I'm a, I'm a West Coast sports fan now. I mean, even though I, a lot of my teams, obviously, I grew up in the the Northeast. I get tired of hearing that we're not relevant out here. We are relevant. We have great fans out here in Nevada, in Southern California, in Northern California. Seattle's crazy. Portland's a crazy sports town, and uh, just because people haven't been out here and unaware of what is out here, I can tell you, I've, I won't even go in on it. I won't even go in on it. I just, uh, again, it's something I talked about early in the show. I just, I think there's a little wake up call for fans in some of these markets where they've won forever, but you look around and you're like, I don't know why they've won here forever. They have good support and good fan support, but like they're not exactly premium places for super rich, super successful coaches to live in. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. Did you bet the game tonight? Football team, Seahawks, one and a half. Seahawks favored on the road. Washington and under. Really? Why under? Well, Washington's defense has improved. Seattle's offense has gone to crap. The only way that Seattle is going to do anything in this game is to try to run the ball, drain the clock, and contain Washington's offense. I'm not necessarily sold on the passing game of Washington, so I think it'll be a grinded-out, physical, 33-degree, ground-and-pound type of game, and I think Washington wins it, like, you know, 21 to 13. You feeling Pete Carroll right now and his future? I'm feeling Russell Wilson's future is going to be on the East Coast soon. You're buying this? I am. East Coast where? I, I'm i intrigued by the, the, the conversation of him going to the Giants. I'm not buying into it, but I think... Let me ask you a question on the Giants. How would that happen? I don't know. I just saw it come up as a, and it sort of sparked my interest in that it, this could be the Swans. Right. This is it. I saw so one I, CBS I writer this weekend say the Giants should go after Russell Wilson. Right, and then it. Right, well, how do you snow, do that? It snowballed, and that's just it. Is I haven't taken the time to sit there and do, go through all that and figure out how they're going to make it happen and how how they would pick him up and salary cap and money and all that. I haven't done, I haven't gone that far. I just was intrigued by yeah. the conversation that's been started, but. It is a New York market, and we've talked about Russell Wilson being a an elite quarterback, right? All season when we brought up, is Derek Carr an elite quarterback and is in the top five, and then the name, the five names that we bring up, and, and he's in there, or he's supposed to be in there. But he has not been the same quarterback since he's returned from his injury. Is that his fault? Is it Pete Carroll's fault? Is it the system's fault? Is it the OC's fault? Whose is it? I don't think that Russell Wilson's career is over. I don't think he's on the downside of it. I think he's on the brink of being on the downside, but I think that he has plenty of game left in it. And that's a market that could, I mean, that's a division. Let me go further. That's a division in which he could make some things happen. I mean, let's, let's, let's call it what it is. The Cowboys are, I'm not sold. You and I both had Washington at the beginning of the season. All of a sudden the Eagles, Except they fell off yesterday. 
Uh, you just never know what takes place in that division. Can you imagine having Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott in the same division? And Jalen Hurts? I know. Then what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Take Hurts out, put Wilson in. And Wilson, Philly. Wilson in Philly. Wow. Another big market. Giants don't have management right now that'll be around. Okay. <laughs> Eagles have their management in place. Eagles also have, and the Giants do too. Remember, the Giants got an extra first-round pick. Eagles yeah. have a bunch of first-round picks. Actually, I think the Eagles have more to deal. Eagles also have young talent they could deal. I'm not sure the Giants really have any young talent in terms of actual players no. that they could deal. No, but they could get rid of a first and a second in the draft. First and a, first and a second. Yeah, they, they, they'd give up a couple of picks. Three first-round picks to start for Russell Wilson. Three. Okay, but here's the biggest wild card of this. Who's going to be the coach of the Giants? Because that's the first question that needs to be answered. That's a good X factor. You know, if you're interested in Russell Wilson, then he should be interested in who you have as a coach and a GM. Yeah, he's not going to – Like, I'm not saying he should name them, but – No, but he's not. He's also not going to go over with Judge as the, as the coach. No. Where, and he, you know, and, and then his longevity with the team is up in the air, and then it's got to go through it. So it's, it's, everything's got to be set in stone. It's got to be perfect for that rumor to come out. I was just – like I said, I was intrigued by the report, but I do think if – I think I think Russell Wilson could be playing his final days in Seattle. I mean, that team's not going to the playoffs. I agree. They're they're going to rebuild. He's done. Carroll's gone. He's done. Then they have the excuse to wipe the slate clean and let me try this, to build back up. Let me throw this one at you. Raiders don't make the playoffs. Clean house. Russell Wilson to Las Vegas. I don't think they do it. I don't think they get rid of Carr, unless the car demands are like forty five million dollars a year. You know, if it gets so high, you know, high on the top end money that he wants to be in there with Josh Allen, with Russell Wilson. So a lot of it could come down to money. If the Green Bay Packers, as well as that team has looked, makes a run because they look really good. I don't know if they're the, the favorite in the NFC at this point, but don't say it. No, I'm just saying, does 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 Aaron Rodgers stay? No, it's done. He's gone. No, they, they the deal was sealed. He's it's not coming done. back. He's not coming back. He's done. OK, so already mark this. He's done. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Are you watching him this year and how uh, I'm going to use the word full of himself he is, but like he's reached a new level of confidence. Like I'm going to do whatever the F I want. And I told you Packers that you screwed with me and I held your feet to the fire and we came up with this deal where my contract is done. I said, I'm not staying. I ain't staying. And what better way to go out than potentially to win or come really close to winning and prove again I am. He's already proven it, right? I'm. At, I'm still at the highest level, Packers. And you, you drafted my replacement three years ago, two years ago, whatever it is now. And now I'm going to go elsewhere, and I'm going to do. I'm going to do a Tom Brady. I'm going to keep winning. Sorry, so, Packers fans. So, so then, so then Rodgers goes. Carr joins his favorite, his former teammate Devontae in Green Bay. Wait a second. What, Rogers, what just happened here? You just now you, now you just spun one on me. Roger Rogers goes to New York for the big game market. Russell Wilson comes to Las Vegas. Oh, if Carr's going to Green Bay, then Rodgers can come here. We, I, I'm, I don't want to do it. I don't want to cover that. Well, it's not up to you. I want to cover him. Penis. Let's have a good winning team here. Next level winning team. Will he have to wear Will a mask when he comes to the press conference? It's funny that did you notice Adam said everybody was spaced out today and even the staff. I watched, not watched it, but I had the only way to listen to it live. You had to pull the YouTube up. Yeah, I didn't see a mask on Versace. So some extra precautions today taken? Is that what you're saying? 
Are you now the mask police? Is that what we're doing? I'm not. I'm just pointing out that Adam said that everybody was wearing a mask and everybody was spaced out for extra precaution. Versace didn't have a mask on. Not that I saw on the YouTube. It's been a good show today. Do you want to close out on a real sour note and uh, always drop to your knees for uh, knees on. Nope. Bill Belichick? You want to give him some credit? Bill Belichick? You mean the the leading candidate for NFL Coach of the Year this year with a rookie quarterback? A guy who a, a team that wasn't supposed to. I mean, they're the best team in the in the AFC East right now. Are they not? Right now, how they're playing. Are they not? They're the most reliable, yeah. Are they better than what we expected them to be playing at a caliber level that we didn't see? I mean, give me another coach that's doing something with a team that you didn't expect, that doesn't deserve that title. There are years that he probably, I don't know how many times he's won that thing, but he probably didn't deserve it because they should have won. Did you bet next week already? Monday Night Football next week? New England plus three? No. Against Buffalo? Why not? I just haven't. Yeah, you're talking a big game. Put some money on it. Come on. Give me time. I got a week. I'll bet you straight up. You have the Patriots. I'll take the Bills. Another bet with you. Yep. More bets. See if I can sucker them in. I to got not, to, to bet with me. I got the patch not, money line. And not take the points. <laughs>